0: Somebody testify if you believe if you receive it if you can't feel it, somebody testify if you believe it, if you can see if you can't.
1: Come on, people. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Gwen. I'm glad you're doing okay. I was just telling Derek, you know, I'm here every Sunday night, but I guess maybe I'm not paying attention in my own little world because I'm I'm over here, I'm like, do we, when do we read the prayer cards? Do we usually do an offering on Sunday night? So bear with me a little bit. We'll get through this together. Um, but we do have some prayer cards here. Um, the first one uh, from Glenda Henry Craig and Connie Henry both have health issues and would appreciate our prayers. I know, I know Connie's had health issues for a long time and, and Craig just recently had cancer. I was looking for somebody who might know something, but, but pray for them, Craig and Connie Henry. Um, Jeff Bissett is having back surgery, I believe it is tomorrow. So remember to keep him in your prayers tomorrow as he's having surgery. Edwin Smith, which is Betty Adams' dad, he fell on Tuesday morning, uh, he's in Elkton Hospital, he has had several other issues going on, so the hospital is running some tests on him, so uh, remember those specifically in, in your prayers. Pastor and Mike, is there a way, uh, you know, pray for them, they get back safe and sound, all goes well. Yes, yes, Vicki Hazelwood, uh, the family there, you remember them, she passed away uh at the end of last week so remember them as well um yes Kathy? yeah i'm a
2: kidding
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. I remember, Uncle uh, oh Quinn's brother-in-law, Danny Pokes, Senior. Anybody else? Caitlin's older sister, complications with pregnancy. Anybody else? Yes, Penny. Okay, yeah, remember Missy's father. Anybody else? All right. Brother Harry, would you open us up in prayer tonight?
3: go to the Lord in prayer please Heavenly Father we thank you for this evening this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice in it and be glad in it thank you Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us thank you Lord that he is the way the truth and the life the resurrection and the life now Lord you heard these prayer requests lots of them are uh, for illness and sickness and and other as well Loss of loved ones, Lord, we know that you know every one of them by detail. And, Lord, I thank you for our prayer requests that you hear them, Lord. You are mindful of them, and you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that will be preached in a moment. Thank you for the singing, that we have songs that can raise up our Lord Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.
4: All right, we might as well, if
1: want to come on, we'll take up uh, tonight's Sunday evening's tithes and offerings. That does usually happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind leading us in prayer for the offering?
0: Lord, we do want to take time to say thank you again for all you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for this place. Lord, we thank you for those uh, families that make it up. Lord, we pray that you watch over and bless each one. Lord, as we uh, now take up this offering, Lord, we pray that we would use it uh, to honor and further of your kingdom, in Jesus.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. Page 190. 190. Everybody stand. Come thou found.
4: of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above praise the time fixed upon it out of thy redeeming love here I raise my ebb I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home Jesus saw me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God he who rescued me from danger interposed his precious blood. Alright choir come on up on this last verse. Oh the grace how Greater, debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for courts above amen hey you may be seated
5: Turned to you, put everything behind me, and found the God who makes all things new. I looked to you, drowning in my questions, and found the God who holds all wisdom. I trusted dab
6: Will uh... she tell? <laughs> aware of what has been going on. Um, I recently was told that my kidney function has stopped. Um, So I've been put on dialysis and then told that um, I have to have a kidney transplant. And this is all very scary. Um, But through this, I think that Ben and I have been leaning more more and more on God um, and it 's been hard because we haven 't been able to be here as much um, and you know sometimes you feel a little disconnected but I wanted to thank everybody because we can feel your prayers and we feel lifted up and We still have a long road ahead of us, but I just wanted to thank everybody here for all of your love because it's much needed in this time.
1: that come down, fellowship a little bit. Sorry, Brittany. I wear you out.
4: <laughs> Sorry.
1: All you had to do was say no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love you. Pray for Brittany, and Ben. Oh, I have it. Just not on. Hmm. There's a button at top here. I just didn't hold in long enough. Hey, how's everybody?
3: Good. Good.
1: (laughs) Get your nap in? No? That's all right. Well, don't get it in the night.
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um,
1: All right, hey. Turn to the Gospel of John, chapter number 4 where we'll be tonight, um, a familiar passage, i want to read a, about the woman in the well here tonight, God just had something that he's uh, had on my heart, he's been pressing upon me, and um, if it isn't for anybody else, it's for me, um, but I just have a funny feeling that It might speak to somebody else here tonight. I hope so, at least. So, uh, The book of John, chapter 4, in verse 1 is where we'll start reading. Um, The Bible says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come thither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom... Thou now hast is not thy husband. In thou sest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in the mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith unto the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city, and came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Before we get going, we better pray. Father, I thank you. For this day that you had blessed us with, this opportunity that we have to be in your house here today. And Father, we thank you for your service this morning, your word that we heard preached, your spirit that we felt. Lord, we thank you for the singing tonight, Father, and, and, and how you moved among us so far. And we can feel your presence here today uh, with us even now, Lord, and we thank you for that. We don't want to take that for granted just to be in your presence. And God, I pray here that we finish out the evening together and we're in your word that, God, you will speak. Through me, speak through your word. I pray that, God, that you will move in the hearts of the people that are here. God, I know that you moved in my heart, Lord. And, and, and God, I just pray that that it will speak to people that are here, that, Father, God, will, uh, the people will, will recognize the time that we are in and the need to be focused on you and to be looking towards you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just um, have said everything that you once said, Father. And if it don't need to be said, don't let me say it. Father, I just wanted to be honoring you and glorifying you, Father. Get all the praise here tonight. If there's some here tonight uh, that, that are discouraged, that have fallen by the wayside, Father, need some encouragement, God, I pray that they get that tonight. Lord, if there's Christians here tonight that need to draw closer to you and rekindle their fire, the relationship with you, I pray, Lord, that that happens tonight. And Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as their Savior, God, I pray tonight will be the night that they realize their lost condition, and they come and they ask you into their heart. Lord, I just pray that you'll bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a lot in this passage. There's there's so much in this passage that we can dig into and we can pull out, and it would help us, and it would encourage us, and it would speak to us. And, And I'm sure if you take the time to read it, you'll find out all those things. But when reading this passage... There's one thing in particular, one verse in particular, that has stuck out to me and, and, and speaks to me and has convicted me. And that is verse number 10. When Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. That verse just resonates within my heart and within my soul and has been speaking to me, and I just hope that we can just unveil a couple things here tonight, that it helps somebody out here, speaks to you, encourages you. Here we find it's a familiar story, and, and I know that sometimes we read through these stories, and we might cut it short, but I think sometimes we take for granted that everybody knows all these, quote-unquote, familiar stories. But one thing that I found in dealing with people, not everybody knows as much as the Bible as some of us <laughs> Who have grown up in church, and I'm sure there's some here that we don't want to take for granted. That okay, you know the story. That's why I wanted to read it today, and just to give you a little bit of what's going on. What we find here um, that Jesus is journeying to Galilee, and he's making his way through Samaria. What we need to know about Samaria is it wasn't a place. The Samaritans and the Jews they didn't fellowship with each other. They didn't necessarily get along. They tried to avoid each other. You wouldn't see them going to a picnic together or camping together or doing anything together. They stayed clear of each other. And, um, but Jesus, on his journey, found his way in Samaria, and he's at this well. The disciples have went into the town to get some meat, to get some food to eat. I'm sure they were tired of their journey. And here at the well, on the sixth hour, and the sixth hour here is noon, It don't go by our time. It's not six in the morning. They count their time starting at sunrise. So from sunrise, which I guess they figure is six o'clock, the sixth hour to them is noon. So this is high noon. Typically, what would happen here is when they would come to the well, They they would come in the morning, the early part of the day, and they'd get water. And then they'd come back maybe at the later part of the day. The middle of the day, at high heat, they'd already got their water. There wasn't anybody coming to the well at this time. But Jesus is here because he just happens to be traveling through. And this woman of Samaria there, this woman of Samaria that that we're talking about here, she's here probably for a different reason. She has a lifestyle that she's leading that, to me, just speaks of not being content. Of missing something, searching for something, not being satisfied with her life, it talks here about how many relationships that she's had uh, with with men, and and again to me that just speaks of there's no satisfaction in this person's life. They bounce from person to person, from place to place, just looking for whatever that they could find, and and so no doubt. She waits until everybody else has come and got their water. She don't want to see the stairs. She don't want to hear what people are saying about her, hear, watch them whisper and point or whatever. So She comes when nobody else is there, thinking she's in the clear to do her own thing, come and go get water and go. Much to her surprise, Jesus is sitting there when she shows up. And Jesus says, give me the drink. And she says, he starts with an excuse. You know, how, how can you uh, a, a Jew, ask of me to drink. And she just, uh, how can you, a Jew, ask of me to drink? And and she's just missing what's going on here. She's looking for satisfaction in, in all the wrong places. Here she's coming to the well at this time because maybe it was a long day already. Maybe it's been a long night. Maybe it's been a long week. I don't know, but she's physically thirsty as well, and she's looking for something to satisfy her physically. Jesus is going to offer her something that will satisfy her spiritually, which ultimately, he says, will satisfy her forever. And so many times, we look for satisfaction in all the wrong places, everywhere except for with Jesus. We search our entire lives, some people, and they never find satisfaction. They're never satisfied with what they have, with what Uh, They're going through. Some try anything and everything just so they can be happy in life. And they still don't find this satisfaction. Jesus invites her to have this water. The Bible says that if we ask, it shall be given to us. If we seek, we shall find. If it knock, the door will be opened for us. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus offers her this satisfaction. What she doesn't know, what she really needs is something for her soul because of her condition, because of the sin in her life. And that's what you and I need. We need something for our soul. Uh, we, we, we were lost in our sin without hope. There's nothing that we could have done to, uh, to, to, to get ourselves out of the mess that we were in, to earn our way into heaven, to get acceptance with God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what it is, the gift of God. He said, if you only knew the gift of God, And who it was that was speaking to you you'd ask of him and he'd have given it to you you're looking for satisfaction if you only knew the gift of god and who it was that was acting asking you give the drink you'd have asked of him this gift of jesus christ that's coming to the world to seek and to save that which was lost not to condemn the world but that the world through him may be saved to 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 uh pour out his love um on this world, and to die on the cross for a lost and dying world, therefore giving satisfaction that she just didn't even have any clue that she needed. Here she was in this situation looking for peace, looking for something, looking for satisfaction, and Jesus said, if you knew who was standing in front of you right now and the gift that was available to you, you'd ask of him, and he'd give to you more than what you were even bargaining for. And sometimes we're not satisfied with whatever it is, with relationships. Maybe we're not satisfied with a relationship. I venture to say that if we found our satisfaction in Jesus Christ, it might right that relationship. I, sometimes we're not satisfied in maybe, maybe the job, whatever predicament that, is, that, that we're in. I, I dare say that if we found our satisfaction in Jesus Christ... And we started there first and foremost, we'd find our satisfaction, we'd be satisfied in other areas of our life. Maybe it's the fact that we think this thing right here is going to satisfy us all along when we find our true satisfaction, our eternal satisfaction, this well of living water, everlasting life that is springing up. If we found that, maybe it changes our perception of really what should satisfy us. And that thing that we've chased for so long, we might find that, you know what, that wasn't going to satisfy me anyway because I found something that is going to satisfy me far more. And maybe, maybe it is that thing that you pursued that once you found your satisfaction in Jesus Christ, that you'll find even more satisfaction in whatever that in that relationship in in, in whatever that thing may be uh, that, that you're trying to find that joy you might find that you don't need that thing you might find that you may get more joy out of it once you found your true satisfaction in Jesus Christ this person right here she's trying to find something she's trying to look for satisfaction she's trying to quench a thirst and Jesus says if you only knew the gift of God if you only knew who was standing in front of you and I think right now I think we're out there finding trying to find some satisfaction in some places trying to satisfy something within our heart uh, to, for, for contentment, for, to find peace, whatever it is. Uh, peace, forgiveness, when all, of, when all along we can find those things in Jesus Christ. And, and here we go struggling through life trying to be satisfied with these things. And don't we even see that this man named Jesus is standing in front of us and he says, Don't you know the gift of God? Don't you know who is standing in front of you? In Him we can find peace that we just can't even explain, joy that, that's just unspeakable, acceptance into His family, mercies that are new every morning, everything we could ever ask for, we can find in Jesus Christ. And so many times, we're looking other places. Meanwhile, He stands right in front of us. You knew the gift of God and who it was that was offering this eternal salvation, this peace, you'd ask of him. You wouldn't be going to these other places. You, you'd ask of him. And sometimes I know in my, in my own life, I think, man, I just must be missing it. Why, do I have, why can't I be content with the things of God? Why, why do I feel like I've got to go outside of God to find this peace? Don't I know who's standing in front of me? Don't I know what he's done for me? Don't you know what he's done for you? He's standing in front of you and said, hey, if you want to be satisfied, I've got everything that you need. We can find our satisfaction if we only knew the gift of God and who it was that was in front of us saying, come and drink. We'd ask of him and he would give us everything we need to be satisfied. Then we find as they go further in the story um, that that she's still kind of thinking that she's going to not have to physically draw from the well. So Jesus starts to direct and point out her sin. starts talking about these relationships that she's in and and points out how she's had so many husbands and the person she's with now isn't even her husband and she does this slick move to where she tries to change the topic joshua joshie he he was a master at that he could it didn't matter what allison was about to get on him about i mean he was like butter i mean he could just put it on and he just changed the subject seamlessly. And I'd sit there in amazement. Because, I mean, it was like she totally forgot what she was, what she was mad at him about. And uh, to this day, he's getting a little better catching on. But, but boy, when he was younger, mama's little boy, he could smooch it on. And maybe that's what she's doing here. Maybe she's just trying to change the subject. She has her sin pointed out to her and she's trying to change the subject, she starts talking about worship. Maybe one thing that kind of crossed my mind, you know how it is sometimes when your faults your are exposed and you come across the man of God, she said, here, I perceive you're a prophet, and then you all of a sudden you start to justify, oh, well, you know, I, I go to church, I worship, I don't know if anybody's ever, I know I've been in different places, and I'm nobody. I mean, believe me. I'm nobody, but sometimes I guess just because I'm up here and people see me, they feel like they need to spill the beans to me when they see see me, (laughs) and I'm like, they start, they see me, hey, how you doing, brother, I'm doing okay, it's good to see you, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've been going down here and and doing this, I'm like, all right, and I walk out of there thinking, well, you didn't have to confess everything to me, I ain't the one you got to confess to. But you know how it is. Sometimes when you start to feel that guilt and you start to recognize your sin and you realize who's standing in front of you, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to justify or change the topic or, or or justify what I've done. I don't know what she did, but sometimes, but all of a sudden she brings up worship. And she says, We worshiped in the mountain, you worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus, and she had that all wrong too. And she says, and Jesus says, you know what? You don't know what you worship. You know not what you worship. And she was missing that. He had the wrong perspective of it. He says, you don't know what you worship. He said, salvation is of the Jews. He's speaking of himself. He's from the Jewish descent. Salvation is through Jesus Christ. He's like, you don't even know what you worship. You should be worshiping me. He stands right in front of us, and he says, worship me. And we, we miss it. Don't we know the gift of God? Don't we know what he's done for us? Don't we know who it is that sits in front of us and says, worship us? And we just miss it. And here she's missing it. And she's talking about these other things. And and he says, you've got the wrong idea. The hour is going to come. And it now is when we worship the Father in spirit and in truth. This outward expression of acknowledging who God is and what he's done. Worship the Father in spirit. Our spirit is our life source. It's everything about us. It comes from deep within. And when we worship God in spirit, we're worshiping him with everything that we have, coming from deep inside. His Holy Spirit, which is within us, communing with our spirit, where we understand the beauty of God and the power of God and the wonder of God. And it stirs within us to celebrate and rejoice and to give thanks for what God has done for us. That's worshiping in spirit and in truth, pure motive, out of a genuine heart, understanding God's word and understanding who God is, worshiping in spirit and in truth. And I love when we come up in here on Sunday mornings and we start to sing and we start to shout, and that is worship. And I'm thankful for that. It does something for me for the rest of the week. When we come in here on a Sunday and we start to sing some songs, we sing goodness of God, people start raising their hand, people start shouting, people come to the altar, and it is just good to be in God's presence. And it's good to love on God a little bit and show Him our affection towards Him, that outward expression within our spirit in truth. It's good to do that. But do you know that that, I mean, we are worshiping Him then, but we're worshiping Him with our praise. Our our praise isn't the only way that we worship God. Sometimes we got that, the wrong perspective on things. Like, this is the only time we worship. We listen to this radio station. I tell Joshua when I'm taking him to school. And everything's, and and I'm not trying to make light of this by any stretch at all. But like, every song that comes on, it's worship. Here's the new worship. They're introducing a new song. It's new worship. Worship, worship, worship. And they just throw worship around. And I'm like, this Just because you're playing a song (laughs) doesn't mean it's worship. I don't know. That was a little, I shouldn't, went there. But anyway, but the wrong perspective on worship, and it isn't just when we come into this place. I love when we come into this place, and we need to gather in here, and we need to worship. It's the time set aside to lift our voices and to glorify him. But we can worship God in other things that we do. You know you can worship God in raising your family? If you're doing it to exalt him and with a pure heart, to lift him up, and you're giving of yourself to your family in order to honor and to glorify him. You can worship God through raising your family. You can worship job, God through going to your job. You can be a good employee. Don't be lazy. The Bible talks about being lazy. Show up one time, do a good job. You're a representative of Jesus Christ in this point, and you can do that to honor and glorify him. You could worship him at that point. You're worshiping him through your job. Caring for other people, the Bible talks about caring for the the sick and the and the and, and, and the least of these and the and the widows. It's all about the perspective that we have when we're taking care of people, looking after their needs. Are we doing it for for self? Are we doing it out of obligation? Or is it out of a heart of glorifying God? We can worship God in how we take care of people. You can worship God in everything that you do. He is a spirit. His spirit abides everywhere. We can worship God wherever we're at. It doesn't have to be in this place. I've worshiped God plenty in my car, Um, all by myself, listening to preaching, listening to singing. I'm thankful for those times too. But whatsoever you do, whether you eat, whether you drink, whether you sleep, whatever it is, do it as unto the Lord. We can worship Him then. He is before us right now asking us to worship Him. And if we only knew who it was, the gift of God that He has given us, what He's done for us in our life, if we just grasped that, we would worship Him different. He would get all of our acknowledgement. We went to the Billy Graham, or not Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, the Graham thing on Tuesday night. And one thing that stuck out to me... Um, uh, now, when he got up to, to preach, I mean, he, he just laid it out there. He didn't pull any punches. I mean, he called out sin, and he told him that Jesus Christ was the only way. I mean, there was no if, ands, or buts. It was pretty clear cut. But he started talking about um, uh, transgenders and, and how the Bible says there's man and woman. And that got a, a loud pop, a loud response come from that. He followed that up with, um, an invitation to Christ. This you, you, you're you're mixed up in sin. You're put up in sin. But Jesus is the answer. Jesus will forgive you if you're sin, if you just respond to Him. And that really didn't get much of a of a response. And I know there's been times, even in this place, you know, it doesn't seem like we're going to give a holy grunt about much until somebody starts talking about against gay marriage or against abortion. Then all of a sudden. You know, we're going to speak up on that. That's not the main thing. I want to keep the main thing, the main thing in perspective. And if we've got Jesus Christ in our sights, in perspective, we're worshiping him in spirit and in truth. All these other things will fall into place. That's where our focus needs to be. He needs to get our attention. He needs to get our response, acknowledgement, our praise. It all needs to go to him. But ha- she has her- a different perspective on worship. And he's saying, and, and, and I read that verse, and I'm thinking to myself, if you just knew who was in front of you and the gift of God that he is offering you, and who it is that says, worship me, I think of that with myself. Here I am. Sometimes I just, you know, you just aren't feeling it or you're going through the motions. But when we coming into this place, we should know who it is. That is asking us to worship him. Recognizing the gift that he has given us. We should worship him when he asks us to worship him. Then we come down. She ends up going out. She leaves her water pot and she goes and tells everybody, come see a man uh, that has told me all things. And then the disciples come back. Now the disciples... I don't know, it don't say that this happened, or, or, but I don't know. In my mind, I'm always thinking that, you know, they approached Samaria, and God, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, in my little mind anyway, they definitely don't say this, but I'm thinking, all right, maybe God said, you know what, I'm hungry, and he's talking about being hungry in a, in a spiritual sense, but the disciples are thinking, you know what, I am hungry, I ain't going to go get something, and the disciples were away, you know, because they're, they're looking at things uh, from their own self-interest, and in and, 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 and their own will and, and, and doing things to serve themselves. And here they come back and they're like, here, here, Lord, eat. And he's like, I have meat that you don't know anything about. They're like, who, who, who gave him something to eat? And he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And then I think to myself, man, there's times where God's asking me to serve him. There's times where God's asking me to do something for him, and and I'm missing it. I'm serving myself. I'm serving my own self-interest. I'm trying to do things my own way. And if I knew the gift of God and who it was that was in front of me saying, serve me, do this for me, I'd have to do it. And I wonder why so many times it seems so hard. Don't I understand what God has done for me? Don't I know who it is? that is asking me to do these things it's the one true god it's 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 the he's the only one that is that is worthy to be praised he is the only one that is able to do for us that we couldn't do for ourselves and they're missing it he says my meat is to do the will of the father what's the will of the father well jesus came to seek and save that which was lost not to condemn the world but that the world through him may be saved he came to display the greatest love and to lay his life down for his friends the will of the Father was to go out into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature and, and go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And that was the will of the Father. And sometimes we get caught up in our own selves, doing our own thing, and our own motions. Meanwhile, there's people all around us lost and going to hell. And, and Pastor... Talked about it a little bit this morning uh, about just the condition of this world. And sometimes I look at that whole picture of what's going on in the world. And, it just, and the task just seems so big. It just seems so large. And, and how is little old me ever going to make an impact on all this mess? Well, you know what? You definitely ain't going to make an impact when you're doing nothing. When you're caught up in yourself and your own self-interest. Meanwhile, the king of kings... The Lord is the Lord, the Savior of them all, the one who died and and gave his life for me and you. He stands before us and he says, serve me. If you knew, if you've experienced this gift of God and you knew who it was that was standing before you and said, serve me, you'd serve him. And and he just shows a great example here of, of just of of witnessing and so he, he comes into Samaria and and the Jews they did everything they could often to avoid Samaria and so there's debate on why he went through Samaria did he go through Samaria because it was geographically convenient and it was the shortest path maybe some say that Jesus knew that there was somebody in Samaria that needed help and maybe that's why I don't know maybe it was both of them it was just convenient it was the shortest path and there was somebody there that needed Jesus but he said he must needs go through Samaria. And there he goes, following, looking, and he finds someone who is in need. And look how he responds to her. He responds to her, um, he asks a drink, and right away she starts giving well, you're, you're a Jew, I'm a Samarian, you can't. Who are you think you are? You think you're greater than our father. You don't even have anything to draw from. You don't have the ability. Starts questioning his authority. Starts questioning his power and, and, and who he is. And she just don't even know who it is that is in front of her asking her, come and drink, questioning his authority. He has authority over all things. And rather than get called up in that little insignificant argument, He just ignores it. And he keeps the main point the main point. How many in here have to be right all the time? And we get caught up And just silly little arguments that really mean nothing and it's getting us nowhere in fact it's probably backtracking you and keeping putting you in a position where you'll never be able to witness to these people because you've got this contention near you because you had to argue about this little thing and that little thing all along it wasn't even the main thing the main thing is sharing Jesus Christ with these people not arguing about race or gender or 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 their lifestyle. He pointed that out. And and it's a clear example that Jesus doesn't care about these things. It didn't bother him. She was of a different race, of a different gender, of who it was. She needed to hear the gospel, and he must needs go through Samaria so that he could tell someone of this life changing water. And there's times where you must needs go somewhere so that you could tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I think I shared. Uh, not long ago about the testimonies that I'd watch on YouTube and it was just the smallest act of kindness that just uh, initiated a whole chain of events that led someone to the Lord. It was just this little seed and, and maybe that person who, who, who performed that little small act of kindness maybe was not even in the picture after that but it's what God used from that point on and maybe you must needs go to somebody and show them some compassion. Show them some mercy. Speak to them in truth. Jesus is standing before us and he's saying, Serve me. Why is it so hard? Don't we know the gift of God? Don't we know who it is that's standing before us and saying, Serve me? I mean, if we did, wouldn't we serve him better? That just speaks to my heart. That convicts me. Why can't I be satisfied in Jesus? Don't I know? he's done for me don't I know who it is why can't I worship him like I should don't I know what he's done for me without him I don't, I don't even know where I'd be I'd be lost along on my way to hell but he's asking me to worship him why is it so hard sometimes don't I know who it is that is standing before me don't I know the gift of God don't I know why is it so hard to serve him at times don't I know who it is that is standing before me and the gift that he has given us. And he's asking us to serve. Derek, you might as well come on up. Start playing something. But the question is, again, I I look at people and, uh, and sometimes I... I look at people, I guess specifically people who proclaim Christ, church people, yes, and I, I see what they do, hear the things that they say, I just, in my mind, I question their motives, you know, their sincerity, and I know I shouldn't be judging people, <laughs> but tell me you don't judge people, we're just people. I mean, we're humans. That's what happens when we come across people and we see something that don't look right, you know, we acknowledge it. I just pay attention to those things. But I'm someone that looks inward. If something went wrong, I usually look at myself first. I ain't one that says that likes if the blame much anyway. If something went wrong, and it was my fault. I like to see. You know, so I look at these people and I see how they act and to me it's in contradiction a lot of times to you know God's Word what he expects out of his children and then I think to myself well what do people think when they see me and how I act am I being a real ambassador of Jesus Christ am I being a true representation of Jesus Christ if I knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to me be satisfied in me worship me serve me I would do those things and it would change the way that I would respond to people speak to people treat people and it would hopefully be more of a true representation of Jesus Christ So, I don't know. Tonight, tonight, if you're not satisfied in life, and you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, and you're and you're just floundering through life, just wondering why I can't be satisfied here, can't be satisfied there, maybe it's because you've never experienced this living water that is eternal, this gift of God, this Jesus who came. To take your place your penalty was death because of the sin in your life and he took that sin and he went to the cross and he died a death you should have died and he's standing in front of you and he says i have water that will quench your thirst forever and if you're here tonight and you've never responded to him asking you to come you could respond tonight and it'd change your life if you let him and maybe you're a christian here And I don't know, maybe just your walk with God kind of got stale. The devil's throwing some snares in front of you, some traps. And he's maybe caused you to lose sight of what the main thing is. And you're trying to find satisfaction in other places. Meanwhile, Jesus is standing before you saying, don't you know (laughs) the gift of God and who it is? That is saying to you come to me and and, and i can satisfy maybe you need to rekindle that relationship with god and find your satisfaction in him maybe you you don't give him the the credit that he deserves the thanks that he he needs uh you're not the testimony that that you should be maybe maybe you've got a bad attitude in the things that you're doing maybe you need to focus on how all that we do can be worshiped to God, and you need to worship Him a little better. He's standing before you and He's saying worship me. Don't Don't you know the gift of God? Don't you know who I am and what I've done for you? Worship. Maybe you get caught up in your own thing. You get in your own way. Too worried about yourself and your own interests. You like to do these things, you like to do those things. All the while there's people crossing your path every day and you don't even mention God and you don't even put an effort in don't you believe he is who he is and he's done what he's done and then if he can do for you what he did for you that he could do it for somebody else and if he could save you from eternally being separated from God eternally in hell that he could save that person don't you care that much if he could do it for you he could do it for them. he's standing before you now and he's saying serve me Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? As we stand with head bowed, eyes closed, if you need to come to the altar, find your satisfaction in Jesus Christ, you can find it in Him today. If you need to worship Him a little better and you need to be reminded of how good He is in your life, maybe you need to come down here and and just reconnect with God in that way. If you're not serving Him, like you should be serving Him and you know you could be that Don't you know the gift of God, who it is that stands before you? Maybe you just need to come down here, pray to God, and just rekindle that relationship with Him.
7: When I see the sunrise in the morning ¡Buena!